Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. As is tradition, today I'm joined by my co-host Jeff and Ferg. Um, we're going to take a look at the running back position and the continuation of our roster breakdown. Uh, we're going to take a look at these running backs and discuss who's on the team now, who's going to continue to be on the team, and what we kind of expect for them um, for the season coming forward. Uh, but before that, you know, I like to always check in and see how you guys are doing. So Ferg, how are we doing today? Good, good. How you doing, Thon? I'm doing pretty well. Um, Jeff, Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing good. Had a uh, busy day at work, but now... Uh, well, we're not at work, are we? No, definitely not. So now I'm feeling... Uh, feeling good. Well, I don't know. Relaxed. Would you guys? Is this? Would we consider this work? Is this work? I enjoy. I I enjoy it. So I, I, too. I don't work think... can be enjoyable, right? Yeah, definitely. I guess. It's, I mean, I mean, how do you define work, right? I think, like for me, I'm already looking at the stuff. So sitting down and talking about it doesn't seem like anything more. Sure, for me. sure. The 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 research and the what led up till now or to now. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. That's the work, right? That's the work aspect. Definitely. So. Let's just jump into these running backs, guys. And we're sitting here looking at the Falcons uh, at their roster. And you can't help but think that Mike Davis is going to come in and be RB1. Um, he, you know, people are worried because he's old, but there's really not a lot of tread on that tires. Tread on that tires? Tread on his tires. He's really kind of been a little bit of a journeyman and kind of had a backup role up until last year where he kind of took over for Christian McCaffrey. Um, so I think he's going to do pretty well for us. And all you can do is hope like he comes in and he performs as well as he did last season. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think unless Mike Davis gets injured, he's a clear cut. Number one Mm -hmm. after Mike Davis, it's a toss up. Quadri Olson is probably going to be number two, but I think it's a toss up. And prior to the podcast starting, you know, we had a little discussion about, everyone else or everyone coming after Mike Davis on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before I dive down that hole, Jeff, what do you think? Uh, Mike Davis definitely going to be number one. Uh, I I think he's a good fit for the way, the direction the team looks like it's going. Uh, Arthur Smith had a lot of success with a different power running back last year. Mike Davis definitely fits more of that power mold. So he looks, I mean, they brought him in for a reason. It looks like he's going to be the starter, and he looks real good. And when you look at it, too, like, if you could look at the numbers, you know, Mike Davis has averaged about, like, 3.7, 3.9 yards a carry. But this will be the best offense for running the ball he's been in, just as far as scheme plus off, plus offensive line. Um, some of these other – I mean, Carolina, Chicago, Seattle's offensive line has been pretty poor. Um, San Francisco – in. The years he was in San Francisco, um, I believe their offensive line wasn't too great, and even then he didn't get a lot of he didn't get a lot of touches. Yeah, San Francisco hasn't had a great offensive line for some years now. So they had one. I can't, I'm trying to remember. They had one for a little bit, and then they died down. And then now with Kyle Shanahan being over there, um, it, it doesn't matter. So like I gotta say, it's really interesting how on the offensive line, you know. It, it takes more than just one guy, right? I mean, it takes more than just one guy anywhere on the field, but um, specifically in the offensive line, if you got two guys, you can kind of balance it out, right? But you see a lot of teams, they'll draft a guy or, um, 
you know, they'll pick someone up out of free agency or they'll trade uh, for the offensive line, one of those positions on the offensive line. And um, it's just, you know, unless, unless you have someone to compliment whoever that individual may be, just doesn't really work you know the offensive line is truly like defensive line you can have you really can you can have one you can have an Aaron you can have Aaron Donald right who just dominates Mm -hmm. and it's very difficult to pick that guy up right it's 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 very it's different because like the offensive line all you need is one weak link and that's what defenses are going to attack it's it's quite the opposite yeah it's quite the opposite you need you need strength across the board yeah so we're going to dive into offensive line in a later podcast so I, again, I think this is this is going to be the best situation that Mike Davis has been in, and I believe he's probably going to get the most touches this year than he ever has. Yeah, I think it'll be similar to some of the workload he got in Carolina when mm-hmm. McCaffrey was out. Mm-hmm. So if barring any unforeseen issues, it should be a full year of it. And, and like you said, it's a better running situation, so we should see a lot uh, a lot more success there. You'll probably see less of him in the passing game than he was used in Carolina because Carolina has a very focused attack uh, on using the running back in the passing game because mm-hmm. that's what McCaffrey's strengths are. So Yeah, and, and we'll jump into this a little later, but I think there's other guys that will be utilized kind of in the in the passing game more than Mike Davis might be. Although Mike Davis does do well in the pass game. He has good hands, and he doesn't have, like, great straightaway speed, but he's got some nice little wiggle to him, and, you know, he broke – he had, he had the second most broken tackles last year just behind Nick Chubb. Um, and a lot of those came from, you know, catching the ball in the flats and kind of giving the defender a little shake and, you know, bullying his way for a couple extra yards. So I think we will see him in the past game, but maybe not like we did to the, to the extent of last season. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to see him um, in the past game all that much. Uh, it just depends. It depends on what they do with Corderell Patterson. Uh, Corderell Excuse me, Corderell Patterson is one of those guys that uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what kind of season he'll have or mm-hmm. where the Falcons will use him the most because he, you know, he's uh, he's a Swiss Army knife. You can use Corderell Patterson in a lot of different areas, but he's also not optimal in any of those areas, right? Or at least he hasn't shown us to that he has the ability to be optimal in any of those areas with the exception of special teams, you know, special teams, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's done very well. He's got four, he made four pro bowls. Um, and he's a good player. He's a great athlete. Uh, but the reason I bring Quidrell Patterson up is because I think he's the big or the biggest question mark mm. specifically, or yeah, specifically on that, that RB spot or at that RB spot and at that wide receiver spot on the depth chart. Um, so as big of a question as he is, like what what do you think his role will be going forward? It's really hard to say. It's really hard to say. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that you know he he opens up a lot for the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons have so many athletes. They really do. They have a lot of athletes. Calvin Ridley is an athlete. You know he Calvin Ridley. You could you could run a you know you could run a jet sweep with Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley, right? You could. Uh, um, now you got you got Pitts at the tight end position, who's a phenomenal athlete. You could mm-hmm. bump him out wide. He doesn't necessarily have to play at the tight end position. You've got Quarterall Patterson, who he could take handoffs, and he can also uh, you know he could also bump out wide or maybe even play in the slot. I, and that's yeah. what I really like. And so the reason I bring that up, and I, I I'll shorten out my point here. Uh, the reason I bring that up is that 
It depends on what the coaching staff needs at any given time, right? In any given game, it depends on what the coaching staff needs. I don't think Corderell Patterson is someone that you can determine at this stage or at this point in time where he'll be utilized the most. I just don't. But I do think that they're going to use him, and I certainly mm-hmm. hope he – I certainly hope he has um, – he has seasons like he had early on, earlier on his, in his career. You know, Chicago, he he had some flashes, but um, he didn't do super well when he was with Chicago. Yeah, and, you know, he was always – he was a receiver for a long time and then kind of turned running back. Right. So, with that being said, I kind of think about what uh, Pitts is going to mean to this offense and that versatility and that um, – you know, rolling pits out is they're going to have to account for him like a tight end, but at the same time, they can also, then they can go wide. Same thing with Patterson. They can roll out with him and they have to plant, treat him as a running back. If Atlanta is lining him up as a running back, but then all of a sudden they bump him out wide. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I'm glad you say that because in an indirect way, I think those two are going to play off of each other. Mm. Not necessarily those two play off of each other, but the coaching staff will use those two to play off of, the other team, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, right? And same thing, like if they give, you know, Matt Ryan, one of the things he does best is he checks checks plays, audibles, no huddle. And if you roll out with Cordella Patterson and Kyle Pitts and they think they've got some matchup issues, like Matt, the defense's matchup issues, they're going to take advantage of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so just kind of going off of what you were saying, um, I know for me, when I look at this depth chart, Cordero, Cordero Patterson is for sure making the roster. He's going to be the kick re- return guy, and I think they're going to use him frequently on offense. Maybe not as like just a third down back, but kind of as just like a gadget player, you know. And yeah. I think he's going to get, but I think he's going to get a decent amount of reps out too. there. And I think I think the Falcons, I think the Falcons need him too. Frankly, I think they need him to produce. Um, the reason I say guy- that I think they need him to produce. What were you going to say, Thon? I was just going to say, this kind of goes back to the Julio Jones conversation. Like, everyone needs to step up, and he's one of he's those He's one guys. of those guys. He has to step up. Jeff, please chime in. I mean, I, I don't think we've uh, heard from you on this yet. And I think, well, you know what, go ahead. You just, I was going to say, I think that your your opinion, your perspective differs from both Thon and myself. Um, I I think you're going to see him, like Thon did, in a in a gadget-type role. I don't know how much we're going to see him necessarily at the real running back position. I could see him coming out and using him to figure out what defense the the other team is in, you know, use him in a lot of motion and and make the other team think. I like a that lot. a lot. And and have to yeah. not be able to just react, have to to pause and open up some other stuff. Uh, some other options for the rest of the players out there. And I think, though, like you'll have to see him in the running back role, though, because I think that's what opens it up. Because if they come out every single time and he's in jet motion or he's out wide, they're not going to take it as seriously. But if you give him, you know, let's say five to ten plays in the backfield each game, even give him a couple runs up the middle, like then you have to respect it. Well, and I think that serves to Jeff's point. Let me just – I want to try to bridge the gap here. It's not that we all agree. We, we definitely don't all agree. I just want to be very clear about that. We all have differing, varying perspectives. Um, but using him as a scout, right, essentially is like a – you know, like I use scout. The reason I say scout is, uh, you know, I'm thinking military terms, right? You have your, your scouts, right, that go out there to kind of probe the enemy 
and that's uh, that's what Jeff said about Cordell Patterson that he thinks the Falcons may use Cordell Patterson to kind of probe the uh, the defense, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that uh, I think that that's probably a good read. I could see why, but that serves Thon's point in that um, they'd have to throw him at the RB position as well. Or they could, not necessarily have to, but they could throw him at the RB position to probe a little bit as well. In order to maximize what they can do with him, he's going to need touches as just a straight-up running back. And I think that's why Arthur Smith's come out and said he's a running back, just flat out like he's a running And he has said he's going to use him in different areas too, but he said he's a running back first and and, foremost. Now let's, let's just do it. Let's just go, let's just pull the top off this thing. Um, being that he said he's a running back, what does that you know? What does that say about Cordell Patterson, right? What does that say about how much are we going to see him? Because you can't take a guy. Uh, let's just be totally, like I said, let's pull the top off this thing. You can't take a guy who's made four Pro Bowls and who you could you could say is still in the he's in his prime, right? He's only been in the league for what seven eight years. Yeah, he's twenty nine. He's in his prime. He's twenty nine. You know, he's twenty nine. So. What does that say about Cordell Patterson? Someone who has shown us flashes of greatness, hence his nickname, Flash. I don't think that's why they call him Flash, but that's why <laughs> I'm calling him Flash. Flashes uh-huh. of greatness. Um, what does that say about his career, right? That he's he's been able to show us some really, really good and profound um, – show us that he's been able to make a profound impact when in a starting role, or not even just a starting role, but when worked into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can take a guy like that and just kind of, well, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a running back. He's a running back, and it may change, right? It may, right now, yeah. he's a running back. And, and I think part of that, too, is like that could all be deception from Arthur. It Smith. could like, be, yeah, he's right. And that's what, yeah, it could Meanwhile, be. Meanwhile, and he did get a lot of reps at running back at the OTAs, and uh, basically um, during OTAs a couple weeks ago, um, it was Quadri Olson taking the first reps, and um, Cordell Patterson was taking the next amount of reps. And I don't know. I thought could very well just be to get him used to the scheme. We, we have no clue at this point what's going to happen, kind of like you said right in the beginning. Yeah. It, it's Mike Davis, and then this is the rest of speculation because as much as I like Cordell Patterson and the things he can do to this offense, I like Javion Hawkins just as much, if not maybe even more. Hmm. And I know, Jeff, you've done a lot of looking into Javion Hawkins and um, kind of what he's going to bring to this team. And I really think he could end up – he could wind up being our third down back. Here's the thing. If Cordell Patterson were four years older than he is now, I could I could see potentially um, Hawkins, you know, coming into – I could see Hawkins making – I don't think it's a question of whether or not Hawkins is going to make the roster, right? I mean, we're pretty certain he's going to make the roster here. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I could see him um, – I could see there be – and I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. I think if Corderall Patterson were four, you know, four years old, three, four years older, we could potentially talk about him not even making the roster. I, I mean that. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he makes the roster in four years. I would be – you're saying in four years. Yeah, not four years. No, no, I'm I don't, saying I don't think, now, though. Right, and that's why, right. that's I'm why saying I'm saying in four years, I don't think Cordell Patterson is on it now. I agree, man. I agree, but I'm saying now. I'm, and that's why I right. said now in terms of his comparison to Hawkins, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's something that we need really discuss at this moment. But four years down the road, three years down the road, I, I, would, I would jump on this and I'd say, yeah, let's talk about it because I could see Cordell Patterson just getting dished. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Like, and with all the special teams aspects that we have in this team and all the returners, 
Um, if we, if he wasn't already like a great returner and almost a sure thing, plus this gadget type player, I could see us not keeping absolutely, him absolutely. But kind of jumping into Javian Hawkins, um, Jeff, what are you what are you thinking about him? Uh, I'm thinking he's gonna have a real real role as that third down running back. I know we talked about Corderell getting getting reps, but I like I said, I see him as more of a gadget. He will get reps at running back, but he's going to be used more in, I think, interesting ways, not just like really a running back. And I think Hawkins, Hawkins is an incredible athlete. He's a little small, but if he just gets a touch of space, he can make gigantic plays. Uh, you know, he had three touchdowns of over 70 yards or more in uh, 2020 in college. They call him PlayStation for a reason. Yeah, they they call him PlayStation because he, I mean, he moves like a video game character. And I'm I'm really I'm honestly curious here. Why do you see him moving into a position uh, that may nudge out Quiterell Patterson at the RB role? Because I've Quiterell Patterson has done okay at the running back, okay at wide receiver. He's at this point, mostly a known quantity. He could still surprise us. He could develop uh, into a better player. Everybody keeps hoping he will. That's why he keeps getting a great jobs. Like he's, I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to develop into a better player. You know what I mean? I think really what it's going to take at this point in his career after eight years in the NFL is a coach to find his niche for him, right, to place him in his niche. Anyway, I don't mean to steal your thunder. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh you talking about Hawkins and how he compares to Patterson and especially kind of, you know, maybe even contributing to Patterson being worked out of the, the RB lineup. Yeah. I mean, it's uh Patterson is like you said, he's finding the role will be important. And Hawkins just, he was incredible in college. He worked well in his own scheme. Uh, they're running his own scheme again. And it just takes, like I said, a, a little bit of room for him to have explosive plays. And they'll they'll use him more in a third down role because he's not going to be the punisher at his size. He's going to be a change of pace. And he should be a good fit, I think. How many, there's touches, a, there's a, how many touches do you think he gets a game, Jeff? I think it depends somewhat on who they're playing um, and what. Sure, like if what the linebackers like, if are, if they're what up, the situation they, is, yeah, right? Like if right. they're up, they're probably going to pound the rock, yeah, right? and probably down. not going to pound so, it with RB one, right? I'm yeah. just, it, you'll see Olison probably pounding mm-hmm. the rock when they're winning by sure. a decent amount. So here's something else that I that I kind of want to bring forward, just as in favor of Javion Hawkins, because I really do. I think he's going to come in, and by the end of the season, I think he's going to be um, the third down back. If you look at in college, he had 231 pass block attempts in college. And he gave up zero sacks. So even though he's 5'8", 185 pounds, in college, he was phenomenal at pass blocking. Like, he just got it done. Sure, he's a little small. He can get bullied. And this is the NFL. He played in a good conference, though. He played, you know, he's Louisville. I mean, that's... Yeah, he's... played a good conference. Like I said, he's a little small. And there's a big jump from NFL to... Or from college to the NFL. But it's a start, right? We, You know he's going to come in and, and... probably try and find a way to figure it out. That being said, um, Ledford, 
who is the O-line coach and offensive coordinator for Louisville, who coached Javion Hawkins, is now the offensive line coach in Atlanta. So there's a familiarity there, and I think that's that's going to be a huge development, um, huge for Javion Hawkins' development. Um, and also, like, what the team already knows and what they believe in, in this kid. You know, he's a, he's a prized UDFA, UDFA being undrafted free agent. Um, he was one of the top guys that they wanted, and part of that probably was the connection with Dwayne Ledford and um, what, what would they know about him. And just kind of jumping back to Cordero Patterson, um, the Falcons' new pass game coordinator. Um, he's the offensive coordinator, but really he's just going to be kind of setting up the playbook and uh, doing that kind of stuff for Arthur Smith. He was the um, co- he was the pass game coordinator at Chicago, so he knows all about Cordero Patterson and how to use him. So I'm pretty excited about these guys. Really, I think they could both, you know. We don't know what's going to happen, but I think both we have enough information about these guys to really set them up for success. Yeah, and a counterpoint to almost what you just said about Cordero, about the passing game coordinator being familiar with him. He had his worst receiving years really in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So he might know him, but they didn't use him as much as he got used previously. Receiving. But that might not have been his call. It might not have been. Yeah, no, I just mean... My point is just that there's a familiarity, so hopefully yeah, they can figure it out. Hopefully it does figure there's it out. There's a difference between Arthur size, Smith and Jim Nagy. Yeah, yeah. Makes me think of work done. Just his size, you know. You're talking about Javion Hawkins. Yeah, I'm going back to Javion Hawkins. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. I was no, looking fine. up he, pictures of uh, work done, just kind of a throwback. Yeah. I saw Yeah. I didn't realize how tall he was, or not work done, excuse me, Hawkins. I didn't realize what. Like he's 5'8". He's tiny, man. Yeah, I, you know when you said that, I started looking it up because I was just curious. Sometimes that works though, because then like they kind of hide behind the offensive yeah. line and they just kind of, especially you if know. you're explosive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he we've is. seen a lot of success with those shorter, explosive players, mm-hmm. specifically so, at RB or the flex. De- definitely. So we haven't talked about Quadri Olison much, but I know we've mentioned him a little bit, and we're all in pretty much agreement. He's RB two in the sense that in the like heavy rundowns in the um, if. Mike Davis goes down, Quadri Olson's probably going to be the primary benefactor of that and seeing more of the touches and um, more of the workload. I don't – if Mike Davis goes down, I bet everyone gets a little bit more, but I think Olson really jumps up in his production. Well, schematically, he's a good backup because mm-hmm. he he plays somewhat similar to Mike Davis. He's not, not as good at bringing tackles. He's maybe not as good in the pass game, but they run similar, similarly. So, mm-hmm. schematically, you don't have to change as much how you game plan. So, there's a lot of benefit there. Definitely. And when you look at it, too, like, he did pretty well his rookie year, and then we brought in Todd Gurley, and he just kind of, you know, fell back on the on the bench. Um, and it, it, Todd Gurley was really almost like a, <laughs> a sideshow just to get more fans because he really didn't do – he didn't perform well. Um, I would have liked to see more of Olison last season. So Olson also too, he had a 99 yard touchdown run in college. So even though he's really not the fastest, he can he's fast enough, and he ran the zone scheme in Pittsburgh. So like you said, Jeff, he's just like a perfect, he's the perfect replacement. And I could really see, you know, Mike Davis has two years left. He's 29 years old. I could see Olson kind of coming in and and potentially being the long term situation in Atlanta situation long-term running back in Atlanta 
he has the the potential and he just has to take uh take advantage of it right now mm-hmm. this is this is the time and you know like we already said this already but in OTAs he was with Mike Davis out he was RB1 it was so smart thing he tended mhm <laughs> definitely definitely because um with Olison like he you know they said how well he was doing but my, I got an inside source and they were telling me um, that they love the Falcons being, they love both their undrafted free agents and Javion Hawkins. And they really like Caleb Huntley too. And he was fun. In my opinion, he was fun to watch um, at ball state. I mean, he really was like a little bowling ball. I mean, he's five ten, two 230 pounds and guys just kind of bounce off him. Um, when I watch him, I can't help but think about the bus and Jerome Bettis. Like, he's obviously not as big as the bus, but the way he runs and the way he looks, like, he doesn't look like a, your typical running back. Like, he looks like a little heavy, runs a little awkwardly. But, but I just – I see Jerome Bettis when he runs the ball. Yeah, I, I don't love him. I don't love Caleb Huntley uh, for the simple fact that Ball State is – that's not a strong division. You know, I mean, he's – He's 5'10", 230 pounds, and it, when you look at his highlight tape, right, you look at the videos, 5'10", 230, by the way, that's not – I mean, we were talking about guys – for instance, we are talking about Corderall Patterson earlier. Corderall Patterson is you – know, he's 6'2", 240, and he's 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 a special teams wide receiver. I don't think he's 240. Yeah, 6'2", 240. He, he is – He's big he's though. A big guy. He's got. Some, oh, yeah. He's he's like big. Two, for yeah, I thought he was back. like two thirty, but yeah, still two forty. My point ultimately but is six that two is just also yeah, very tall. Definitely. No. Yeah. Right. But um, five ten two thirty. My the reason I bring that up is you say Jerome Bettis. I don't know what Jerome Bettis. You know, I in fact maybe one. Jerome of Bettis guys, is probably if I were to guess, Jerome Bettis is probably six foot two fifty. If I were to guess, six foot two fifty. Yeah. If I were to guess. All right. Well, let's see here. So we're losing two inches and 20 pounds, which they say. 5'11", 250. There you go. Okay, he, was o- he was actually over 250. Mm-hmm. But Defin- I, my- definitely near the end of his career, he, he looked at. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Remember seeing him running that Super Bowl, that last Super Bowl? Oh, the yeah. bus stops here. The, yeah. that, you know, he had a Dunlap. It was hanging over his belt. <laughs> but so obviously, like when you say, like when you compare a guy, he's we're talking about a Hall of Fame guy, I, right? Like absolutely. I don't think he's going right. to be quality Hall of Fame guy. When I say like this is who this guy reminds me sure. of, it's not necessarily His run in, style. It's yeah, exactly gotcha. style and like what he looks like, not necessarily like the. But that's the quality. that's why I say, and and I agree with you. I agree with that run style, that kind of downhill runner, right? Yeah. Um. You know. You know, churns his legs. Guy, yeah. I've seen you see kind of guys bounce off him a little I bit. I just don't. I don't think. And, did you got linebackers in the NFL who are running four fours and two? They're two hundred sixty pounds. My point is, this guy's 5'10", 230 pounds. And what did he run? Was it forty time? It wasn't quick. It wasn't it was like great. Four it, six or something. Four five. It was something it, like yeah, four like high four fives, low four sixes. Yeah, it was, but it was not great. And so and that's and that's what uh, Mike Davis ran. Mike Davis, I think, ran like a four six six. Sure. I want to say. Well, and that's it. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm yeah. not saying it can't be done, but I don't think Mike Davis and Caleb Huntley have, you know, the exact same run style as you pointed out. Caleb Huntley will have to adapt and adjust his play, in my opinion, in order to not just make an impact on or for the Atlanta Falcons a positive impact, but 
to when preserve you, his career as an NFL player, he'll have to change his, his style. So, like, when you watch him, I think he has better, like, wiggle and better long speed than you'd expect. Sure. Right? So, like, he it's Ball can, State, though, man. Like, wasn't yeah, Ball State D1AA a couple of years ago? I'm not sure. But, you know, I, that's, running, there's nothing wrong with that because UFC was D1AA, like, not that long ago. And yeah. But good, UFC's you know, good running backs. Ranked every year. Good running backs come out of everywhere. I know they do. Of course they do. And he's he had the production at Ball State. It's not right. like it's not like we're talking about a guy who went to Ball State and barely played. Right. Antonio Brown went to what Kent State or something like no, that. No, Michigan, Central Michigan. Central Michigan, right? Right. Yeah. It was not a not a not a big school, not a great conference. Central Michigan, I'm almost positive, is D1 AA. Um, no, I don't know. I really I can't don't remember. I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's speculative. You got me all. You got me all turned Here's around. Here's the thing, though. The, really, the point that I'm getting at, and I'll I'll bring it all together here is that his style of play worked at ball state it worked at ball state because in that conference you're not getting guys that you'd get over at ohio state or michigan or penn state you know and so if you try that run style meaning not try that run style but if you're his size and you bring that run style to ohio state i just don't so it's just like it's just so different, right? Like, like you want. I think he that, would surprise you. Huh? I think he would surprise. I hope he does. I I, hope he I, does. I think he runs upright. He runs a little awkward. Doesn't always make. It's his awkwardness. That's what gets me. He is a very mm-hmm. awkward runner. He's not fluid whatsoever. He, and also, too, like one of the things, like one of his downsides. Sorry to cut you off, Jeff. One of his down, like some of his downsides too, are like fixable things, right? Like. I don't think his vision is all that great. I think, um, you know, sometimes. But he's how like, fixable is it? And that's the thing. How correctable is vision? You know, at this point in the game, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. when you're a young player, or in, in anything, when you're younger, it's easier to learn things. It's easier to learn languages. It's easier to learn martial arts. It's easier to learn in school. As you get older, you fall into your routines. You fall into your, you know, your habits, and those routines and habits. For him, are his run style, his vision, they're his, you know, his attributes as a running back. But now, you now football is his life. He's not sure. worried about school. He's not worried about whatever else he's got going on. Whatever, like this is his job. Yeah. And he's gonna have Mike David. He's he's not expected to come in right away and be good. And again, he's an undrafted free agent. Yeah. So it's low. Sure. Low risk. I like that we're talking about it though. I like that we're 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 debating about Caleb Huntley because he's one of those guys that. I certainly would like to see him surprise me. I just think with the roster we have now, I I, I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be on the practice squad. I think he's a lock. For oh, you think he's squad. a lock for practice squad? Okay. Yeah, I, might I don't be able think to get down with that. A lock for practice squad. I don't see why not. I don't see why what? he wouldn't make practice squad. Jeff, what were you gonna say? We 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 went off. <laughs> uh, I just said he's an awkward runner, mm-hmm. kind of clunky, but he stays upright, and he gets extra yards. His decisiveness isn't great. We'll see if he can fix that at the next level, and it'll be interesting to see him in when the passing game. When you say decisiveness, game. you mean like decision making or like yeah, I, like I just want more. where should I hit and should I hit now? Got it. Like the whole right. like should I, mm-hmm. how should I, right? Like, get well, to the next what, level, though, guys. You know what? We've seen players like that who have had Jeff. I don't I don't mean to interrupt you, but we've seen players like that who have done very very well, right? Definitely. Um, and I, I think though too, like with Arthur Smith and the run scheme that he has, and having worked with Derrick Henry, he's just gonna say, "Look, buddy, you got to hit the hole." Yeah, <laughs> like, sure, right. You got to hit it, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, but we've seen we've seen waiting, we've seen waiting. Um, 
<sighs> well, he he's not like the Le'Veon Bell type of waiting and finding the hole. Like mm-hmm. that that's a whole different thing. He he's not hitting. See, and that's what I was talking about, Le'Veon Bell. That's yeah. He's was, not. He's I didn't not want to like say that. his name because of what's happening but with Le'Veon Bell right now. Or I guess what has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's not like that. He's not finding the perfect opportunity. He's he's just he needs a little bit of work there, and he needs a, no clue what we're getting out of him in the passing game. Yeah. Wasn't used in it really. So it's hard to know if he's capable or not capable. Sure. If he's not capable, this is a tough league right now to not be a part of the passing game. That's a great but, point, Jeff. I'm so glad Jeff brought that up. Definitely. But you know what I could see really? Like I could see Caleb Huntley ending up being like R B two on our team. Maybe yeah. not R B one. But like when? You could see in you could see in three years, let's say. Three the committee years. let's say that in three years, the committee could end up being Quadri Olson as R B one. Um, Javian Hawkins as a third down, you know, change up back. And you could see Caleb Huntley being RB2. Let's just be clear for everyone. Uh, Mike Davis won't be here. Mike Davis is going to be out of the league in three, four years. He's, That's what he's I was a saltine warrior. You know, he's, it's just, he's, so what is he, 27? He's or an, yeah, he's an older guy. He's, he's about to hit that 30 mark. And we've yeah. seen it unwavering, 30 mm-hmm. years of age, running backs. Yeah, it's very, very yeah. few guys make it past 30. Absolutely. There it's, aren't a lot of Frank Gores out there. No. Yeah, Frank Gores. <laughs> Frank Gore, it, it should be called the Frank Gore rule. Or, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. Adrian Peterson tried it, and it just didn't work. He's doing okay, but not what. Yeah. You know, His not production, though, at, at 30 yeah. years of age compared to what it was at 29 years of age, mm-hmm. significantly different. I mean, there's a reason why they signed Mike Davis for two years. Yeah. And Cordero Patterson for one. Yeah. Cordell Patterson next year is going to be 30. And I don't know when Mike Davis's birthday is. He's going to be um he's going to be 29-30 in 2 years. Right. So the the only thing going for Mike Davis like we I said in the beginning is he doesn't have a ton of tread on his tires, which might, you know, I I don't know. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's going to be better for him, maybe 30 is going to be the mark anyways, but I could really, I could see Huntley going back. I could see Huntley being an RB two in the league for a while, and maybe even in a couple of years after that, it's uh, Quadri Olson's gone, and we see Huntley and Hawkins, you know, being the one and two, or however they want to deploy them, or you know, good running backs come out every single year. Yeah, we could see Huntley be on the practice squad this year, and then kind of fall. Running off back is one of those positions. I, I, you know, I totally agree. There is such turnover at the running back position. It's not like QB where you'll see the same rotation of quarterbacks potentially for five, six, seven years. Right? Running back. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. And every year there's good running backs. Absolutely, yeah. every year undrafted guys well, come out. Think, think about it, and it's because you're not just. It's not just running backs. You can put a running back. You can take anyone who's a good athlete who's fast or quick. You could throw them at running back. You, well, most of the time in high school, too. Like, when you're looking at high school, your, your best, best players, players are playing running backs. Beautiful. So, exactly. the, a lot of your college you know, linebackers and other – they were Yeah, they were running backs, and then they go and they play corner right. or they play linebacker, depending on their size. And, yeah. Um, or quarterback, obviously. But if you can't throw, you play running back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, just kind of talking about turnover, um, we got to talk about Tony Brooks-James. Um, cause he's kind of like the last guy on this roster, um, as far as running backs go. And I just don't see a bright future for Tony Brooks James in Atlanta. It's going to be tough. He's, he's a talented running back, but there's a lot of guys ahead of him and there's only so much room on the practice squad and on 
especially on the roster. So we've already talked about what five guys ahead of him, four, mm-hmm. five. So yeah, chances he has any future outside after training camp is, is low in Atlanta. Yeah. The only way he sticks around is he has to show that he's an absolute ace on special teams. He can't be good and like able to play. Also, he has to be an ace on special teams to the point where they say, we got to keep this guy on. Yep, I agree. But I don't see that happening. There's too many. We've got too many. You know, This offseason, we really looked at special teams guys, and there's too many special teams aces on this team for me to sit there and say, I think Tony Brooks James is going to make it. Berg, what are you thinking about Tony? I don't think he's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tony. That's really all I have to say. I don't think he's going to make it. So, looking at these guys, I think we're, we're kind of all in agreement. And let me know if you guys think I'm wrong. Mike Davis is RB1. Quadri Olsen is, you know... RB2 kind of taking over if Mike Davis goes down, maybe doesn't get a ton of reps if Mike Davis doesn't go down, right? So if Mike Davis is healthy, we might not see a lot of Quadri Olsen. Um, He might just be kind of coming in to give Mike Davis a breather um, and not really schemed in. Then you've got Hawkins and Patterson. Hawkins, I think, and and I don't know, Ferg, maybe you feel a little differently, but I think Jeff and I think he's going to kind of be the third down back and see more and more more and more touches as time goes on. Um, but he's going to kind of be out there for passing and getting the ball, maybe blocking a little bit. And then you got Cordero Patterson, who's going to be, you know, we might see Cordero Patterson out there with other running backs. There were times where, um, where, uh, Arthur Smith had two running backs out, out in the field. And like one of the running backs was playing fullback. Maybe we see Olson out there playing fullback, um, for Patterson a couple times, and then you see Patterson kind of get bumped out to wide receiver with Olsen in the backfield. You know, like there's a whole bunch of stuff that they could do with him. So kind of like you guys said, a gadget type player used in different ways. Yeah. So yeah. would you guys agree kind of? Yeah, that's the expectation yeah. is is different lineup yeah, to, for to uh, Corderell. The discussion off with Corderell Patterson. I, Jeff, I, I'm always interrupting you. Sorry. Um, but I agree with Jeff. I gadget player, but he mm-hmm. could he could make more of an impact. We'll definitely mm-hmm. see him a little bit at special teams. Um, not a little bit. We're going to see him at special te- on the special teams. Um, and uh, at six, you know, I at six four or at six two two forty, like yeah, you said, just, if you can unlock the potential of of Patterson. Which you know maybe these guys can. It's not even it's not even him at this point. It's we need a coach who can figure out where he can be of the greatest impact. Right, that's what we mm-hmm. need. Definitely. So we've got we've got four guys. Right, looking at this, we have four guys making the roster. In in our opinion, Davis, Olson, Patterson, Hawkins, and then Caleb Huntley on the practice squad. Um, because if Olison or Mike Davis go down, I think Hunley has a chance to kind of be brought up. Yeah, I would think so. Because I don't think you can rely on on Hawkins necessarily to to be a every down back in the NFL at this point. Mm-hmm. And Patterson, we said we don't think we can rely on him either. Yeah, you got to have a backup. So I, I would think there's opportunity for him if that situation happens. 
So, so are we all kind of in agree? Yeah. And then Tony Brooks James is just kind of the odd man out. Yep. Unfortunately. I definitely. Yeah. Tony Brooks James does not make the team. Start looking for a job, buddy. <laughs> God. Oh, wow. Poor Tony. <laughs> Tony, if you're listening to this podcast, I am so sorry. But with that guy, so we kind of went over running backs. Um, I'm sure he's a great guy, but he's not going to make the team. <laughs> you know, not everybody does. Not everybody can. I like. Uh, Tony Brooks, I like Tony Brooks James' chances over John Rain. <laughs> oh man, you guys! <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, John. John Rain. <laughs> oh, good lord! All right, guys. Um, so with that, we're going to kind of come to an end. Uh, Jeff, anything? Any closing words? Uh, just that. I definitely think uh, we talked about, I think Hawkins is going to have some plays this year, and I think he's going to have the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to really have an impact. Definitely. So. Well, thanks again for your help, guys. So that's the running back position and kind of what we think is going to be happening this upcoming season with it. Um, next episode, we're going to take a look at wide receivers um, and kind of same thing, just the positional breakdowns. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up.